0: doing here, what we've been doing for the past few weeks, is looking at the book of Acts, uh, and specifically looking at how God begins working in this group of believers called the disciples, who later on get called the apostles, and how the image that we get, the words of Christ we get from Acts 1-8 about the gospel going out into Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, how that actually begins to happen through the lives of these men and women who have followed Jesus for three years and now follow the movement of the Spirit out into the world. So that's where we've been for the past three weeks, and the hope and the dream uh, and the push, the thrust of this whole series is what would it look like if we, who call ourselves faithful followers of Jesus Christ today, were moved in the same way those first disciples were, those first followers of Christ were, out from our safe church homes, out from our safe jobs and our safe lives as we know them, out into the world to share with the world the love and the grace And the hope of Jesus Christ. That's what this series has been all about and I hope you've seen that throughout this series. And today we're going to be looking at Acts chapter 16 uh, verses 22 to 34. So if you have your your Bible with you, go ahead and open that up to Acts 16, 22 to 34. Open up your smartphone apps um, or open up your... um, your notes, because the scripture text is there inside of your notes as well this morning. Because I want you to see this, because this text that we're about to read, we're about to get into, is another turning point in the book of Acts. Up until chapter 15, the story really is about Peter and the disciples and what's happening in Jerusalem and what happens Beginning with Philip in chapter 14, the Jerusalem council in chapter 15, and now in chapter 16, you really see this major turn in the way the church functions. No longer is the story all about Jerusalem and what's happening there, but it becomes about what's happening out in the world as Paul and Silas and Luke and Timothy and others carry the gospel further and further and further out into the world. And so in chapter 16, um, you have Paul and Silas who are traveling up through Macedonia, which is northern Greece. Um, They're traveling up through Macedonia in a city called Philippi. And this is a missionary trip. If you ever read a Bible commentary, it'll call this Paul's missionary journey. And what that means is church planting trip. This is what these guys were doing. They were going out into the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ to call people to come to faith and to begin grouping them into communities of faith that eventually become churches. I mean, This is what the whole point is. This is what the whole thing is happening is this movement of Christianity is spreading out into northern Greece And eventually down into the Roman Empire and into the Roman world. Um, And so they're out in Philippi and they're preaching. And preaching is really a new thing in the ancient world. You didn't just get up and preach in the Jewish synagogue. You taught from the Torah and you read what Rabbi so-and-so had to say about the text. Preaching is kind of a different thing, a new thing, and Paul is really good at it. But it's a really new thing, and so he goes into Philippi, and he begins preaching. He and Silas begin preaching, and every time they get up to preach, there's this woman in the crowd who stands up, and she says, I know who you are. I know who you are. You're bondservants. Of Jesus Christ, you are slaves. You are servants of Jesus Christ, and you're here to proclaim the way to salvation. I know who you are. Well, this is great. You're know, free advertising. Any kind of advertising is good advertising, right? Um, so, at first, this doesn't bother Paul and Silas that much because they're like, yes. That's who we are. This actually happened to Jesus. If you read Mark, this is what uh, the spirits do in Mark. Whenever somebody's possessed, they say, I know who you are. You're that Jesus. Um, and so here in, Luke, the, in, in Luke's uh, second chapter, Acts, um, you see this woman doing this. And it happens every time they go to preach. She stands up and says, I know who you are. Well, finally, Paul, um, who in many ways is like Peter and can occasionally get hot-headed, finally, Paul has just had enough of it. And he turns around and he sees this woman in the crowd. And he says, spirit come out of her. And the spirit that was inside that woman that was causing her to constantly say, I know who you are. And introduce Paul and Silas. Comes out of her. Well, what Paul and Silas didn't know was just who this woman was. This woman was actually a slave herself. She was a slave uh, to some men in the city of Philippi. And what those men were doing was having her tell the future. You see, the spirit that was inside of her gave her the ability to tell the future. And so she was like the local palm reader or tea leaf reader. Uh, she was the local psychic that people would come and ask, well, what's the future all about? And he, you know, she'd say, well, you know, you got a line there and, you know, the leaves look like this. And she would tell the future. Well, when the spirit left her, she doesn't have that power anymore. So people come to her and they say, uh, "Read my palm, tell me my future, look at my tea leaves, or you know whatever it is that they were doing." And she says, "I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Those those lines in your hand look like lines in your hand. Those tea leaves they look like tea leaves. I don't, I don't pretend to know the future." Well, this absolutely enrages these men who owned this woman and were, caught, were making lots of money off of her. And so they take Paul and Silas and they drag them out in front of the community, of course, because that's where you get all the problems solved, is in front of the entire community. They drag them out into the, the marketplace where they have this sort of mock trial in front of the entire city of Philippi that's gathered there. And they declare Paul and Silas to be guilty of disrupting, disrupting the life of the people in the city. And so what started out as a great trip, planning churches and growing the kingdom of God, takes this sideways turn toward bad when this woman keeps interrupting everything that's happening. It becomes worse whenever Paul and Silas are drug into the city but then it goes even further. This is what we read in Acts sixteen twenty two. They've been declared guilty. The crowd joined in in attacking them. That's Paul and Silas. And the magistrates had stripped off, stripped of their, stripped them of their clothing, and ordered them to be beaten with rods. Now that's not just being beaten. Being beaten with a rod leaves a welt. Beaten with rods, and after they had given them a severe flogging, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Not exactly a great way to end your day. Things have gone from bad to worse to miserable for Paul and Silas. And I don't know about you, but that would have just done me in. That would have just done me in. Um, I have bad days occasionally. It doesn't take nearly this much to really throw me off and really to put me out and really to make me angry. In fact, if you just deprive me of sleep a little bit and then make me do some manual labor, um, maybe in the yard, um, all of a sudden by 4 o'clock, I'm done. None of you know what I'm talking about, right? You never get this way. This is totally a me thing. Um, I'm the only one who ever gets like this. A little, bit, a little sleep deprivation, a little bit of work, maybe some frustration, and I am finished. And I don't want to be messed with and I want to be talked to. I'm just done. It's a bad day. Paul and Silas have had a tremendously bad day. But I want you to see, I want you to see what Paul and Silas do. Because this is incredible. Paul and Silas are cut from a a different cloth and God chooses them specifically for this moment in time because Paul and Silas, in the midst of being Beaten with rods, stripped naked and thrown into jail. After all of that day, they find a way to do this in verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners We're listening to them. If you have your notes open or your Bible open, you need to highlight that. Because Paul and Silas have had this terrible experience in Philippi. They've basically been kicked out of the city and thrown into a jail. And yet, in the jail, they find an opportunity to share who Jesus Christ is. With these hurt and broken men, these other men who have been thrown out of the city thrown aside well something else happens suddenly there was an earthquake so so here's Paul and Timothy or excuse me Paul and Silas singing to God saying prayers talking to people about faith in Jesus Christ and suddenly there's an earthquake so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors in the jail in the prison were opened and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer woke up and saw the prison doors wide open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, since he, was, since he supposed that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted in a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we're all here. The jailer called for lights and rushing in, he fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they answered, and this is very simple, believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. They spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. At the same hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds and he gave he then he and his entire family were baptized without delay. He brought them up into the house and set food before them, and he is an enti- and his entire household rejoice that he had become a believer in God. Do you know what an opportunity is? Do you know what an opportunity is? Here's the definition of opportunity. It's That's straight off of Google. If you just type opportunity definition, this is what you get. An opportunity is a set of circumstances that make it possible to do something. Opportunities can be great. Opportunities can be terrible. But opportunities are circumstances that make it possible to do something. Perhaps something that you've never done before. Perhaps something that nobody's done before. Maybe something that no one else has ever experienced. And now what I want you to see this morning is how opportunity presented itself, this opportunity to share the gospel, to share the good news of Jesus Christ, presents itself in the lives of Paul and Silas in a way that you never would have thought. Paul and Silas, they're first in Greece, right? They're there to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who had never heard the name of Jesus. And they have the opportunity, right, to bring healing and freedom to this woman who's been enslaved by the men of the city as a fortune teller. They give her freedom. Yet they're thrown into jail where they have the opportunity to share with them the grace of God, to pray with them to sing with them, to teach them. Then there's an earthquake, and they have the opportunity to be free. They have the opportunity to run out and escape. But what do they do? Instead, they find the opportunity to save a jailer who was at the end of his rope, who wasn't just supposed to kill himself, but was expected to kill himself, because he didn't perform his duties then they have the opportunity to bring an entire house to faith in Jesus Christ and to see them baptized. And what I love about this story, what I love about this story is that Paul and Silas, they aren't doing anything weird or anything out of the ordinary in order to figure out the opportunities that God is placing before them in life and in ministry. Instead, what we see is that all they're doing is being faithful to go and be where God has called them to be. To live in the moment. Instead of being consumed with trouble or with worry or about where they're going to stay or how they're going to sleep or where the food's going to come from next. Instead of being worried about money or or how they're going to get from here to there. They're present in the moment. And they're able to see the opportunities that God has put before them. In fact, in another prison, later on, Paul will write back to the church in Philippi. And this is really crazy, because Paul's in prison in Philippi. Later on, he writes a letter called "Letter to the Philippians uh, from another prison back to this church in Philippi. And this is what he has to say about his experience of being in jail. This is what he has to say. This is from Philippians 1.12. He says, Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, being thrown in jail and beaten and flogged, not just one time, not just two times, but over and over again throughout my ministry, has actually served to advance the gospel. Prison for Paul and prison for Silas and for Timothy and for the other people that were often jailed with Paul was only another opportunity to show God's love and God's power to the rest of the world. To help bring change to broken people and broken places that we walk past every single day. You know, you and I, we have opportunities every day of our life to see and to interact with people who need to hear about the love and grace of Jesus Christ who need to be invited to a place like Pittman Park, to a church like Pittman Park where they can be loved and cared for and nurtured and grown and shown hope and love. You and I, we have opportunities every day to embody the love and the grace that God has showered upon us, whether it's by you know bringing canned, canned foods in for the needy like we did this morning, like you did this week and last week. Or it's you know, stopping to have a conversation with someone that you know that's hurting or, or going out of your way to serve others. You and I, every day, have opportunities. We have opportunities to embody the grace of God. And the craziest thing of all is that God puts these opportunities before us all of the time. All of the time, there's not a day in your life when God isn't giving you the opportunity to make a difference in this world for his kingdom and for his name. There's not a day in your life that goes by when God's not giving you an opportunity to help bring transformation to this world and to the lives of people around you. There's not a day that goes by when you aren't given the opportunity, when I'm not given the opportunity to share with the world The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control that only comes through a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The problem is we're just blind to those opportunities because we're so caught up in our own stuff. We're so caught up in our own day-to-day living. We're caught up in the bad days so much that we can't even see that God's placed the gift of a new day before us. I mean, we've all had bad days, right? You've had a bad day before, right? Is today a bad day for anyone here? You don't have to raise your hand. Some of you woke up this morning and you were grumpy. And you probably didn't want to come to church. And the kids were screaming. And you had to put clothes on them. And they were kicking. My daughter does this. you tried to put pants on a four-month-old or eight-month-old. And all she wants to do is kick. And so it takes eight minutes to put pants on. After it took eight minutes to put a diaper on. And 16 minutes to put a onesie on. Because, you know, eight-month-olds don't know what push means, you know? And so y- you finally get here, and, and, and you're frustrated, and you're upset, and you're having a bad day. And you think to yourself, well, it can't get any worse, but maybe it does, and so you go home, and you're even more frustrated. Let me, let me share some examples of what I'm talking about here. Some of us have had some really bad Days There was a man in, in London, Ontario, who was so mad after he got a speeding ticket that he peeled out around the police officer that had pulled him over. You know what happened? He got two more speeding tickets, one for noise and the other for speeding again. That's a bad day. There's another story about a, about a, a, a thief um, who was being pursued by police. And so he's in this apartment complex, this house, and he jumps out of the house, the window, the back window of the house, and he lands um, in the backyard, and he scales this nine-foot fence. And guess where he jumps into? The city jail. The courtyard of the city jail. That's a bad day. That's a bad day. We've all had bad days. Hopefully, yours haven't been that bad. Hopefully, it really is just trying to get a onesie on or, or pants on your kids. We've all had bad days But we shouldn't let our bad days keep us from seeing the opportunities that God puts before us. The text that we read this morning in Acts clearly indicates that Paul and Silas, they're having one of those bad days. Yet in spite of their circumstances, in spite of all the stuff that's swirling and all the stuff that's going on around them, they find a way to communicate the gospel to people who need to hear it. Our world needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Our community in Statesboro and Bullock County needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we have the opportunity to do that. Your family, who's probably going to gather together, I'm guessing on Thursday, maybe even just for a little while around the table, Somebody in your family needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and about the change that God's made in your life. Somebody in your office, somebody in your your classroom at school needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and you're going to be the one this week or next week that's going to have the opportunity to share with them what God has done in your heart and in your life. The question is, will you be too self-absorbed and too stuck on the bad things that have happened to take hold of the opportunity that God is putting before you? Will you this week, will you this week begin to pray that you might see the opportunities that God is putting before you to share the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you pray that you'd begin seeing those opportunities, but that you'd do even more than just see them, that you would begin to act on those opportunities. Paul and Silas could have just seen the opportunity to witness and minister to those men in the jail, when they were sitting there in chains but they did more than just realize the opportunity they acted on it and because of that lives were transformed because of that a jailer is freed from sin and gets eternal life and his whole family comes to have faith all because they didn't just see the opportunity but they took advantage of the opportunity Last night I was texting back and forth with a church member, and, and we were talking about the Georgia Southern game, and um, he said, looks like reality's about to hit. This is in the fourth quarter, the last five minutes of the game. Looks like reality's about to hit for Georgia Southern. And I said, all we need is a chance. Another way to say that is all we need is an opportunity. And he says, no, no, we need more than a chance, we need more than an opportunity. What we need to do is to have an opportunity and act on it. You will have an opportunity to share your faith this week. Will you act on it so that our world can be transformed, so that others can know the love and grace of Jesus Christ, or will you just let it pass by? Would you pray with me this morning? God, we've been blind to the opportunities that you've put before us, God, because we've been caught up in our stuff. We've been caught up in our bad days. We've been caught up in good days. And because of that, we've missed out on the love and the opportunity to share the love that you've placed in our lives and in our hearts, God. So help us over the course of this week to begin to see the opportunities that we have to share your love and help us, Lord, to act on those opportunities. Share the gospel with a dark, a lost, and a hurting world. A world that waits in anticipation of your return, of your redemption, of your restoration. pray all of these things in the name of Christ who sets us free. Amen.